Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 148 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you, hi- praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He has commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He fixed their bounds which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters in all deeps. Fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling his command. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds. Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 5-14 through 14. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on this throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, although I am only a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you, and no one like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor all your life. No other king shall compare with you. If you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your life. The Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 12 through 19. Again Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Then the Pharisees said to him, You are testifying on your own behalf. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, because I know where I have come from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I judge no one. 
Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is valid, for it is not alone I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is valid. I testify on my own behalf, and the Father who sent me testifies on my behalf. Then they said to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. Good morning and welcome to the seventh day of Christmas. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting, just for now, from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 148, 1 Kings 3, and John, the Gospel of John chapter 8. And I had to double check because we're still reading 148 for the psalm, um, and it must just be a Christmas tide thing, um, because it definitely goes through this week, and then um, tomorrow is actually... Uh, a holiday, the New Year's has its own reading, so I'm not sure I'll um, I'll be recording uh, tomorrow morning. But this morning we have uh, from First Kings three this um, story about how Solomon was approached by God and said, "You know, tell me what it is that you want." And Solomon could have chosen anything. Um, and God doesn't promise it outright, um, at least not in the English translation. He simply comes to Solomon and says, and tells him, ask what I should give you. Now, I, I imagine the Hebrew is a little bit different. It might be something like, ask and you shall receive, but um, at least in the English, it's ask what I should give you. Um, and the response would seem like, what should you give me, God? Um, but regardless of what was expected of him or what I think, you know, when I read that, Solomon opens by, you know, reaffirming God's relationship, special relationship with his father. Um, now I used to think that Solomon was the son of Bathsheba, but in fact that child was lost. Um, and Solomon is a later, uh, later son. And, um, the... The image I used to have in my head, you know, David's kind of the pinnacle of of ancient Judaism. You know, they they kind of they ask for a king because the judges just really weren't working. Um, it was a little too hands off. You know, God was a little too hands off, and so now they have a king. Saul sucks. David gets it, and then Solomon. Like the only thing that I figured you can infer is that you know after David, things just go downhill. But really. Um, it's not that simple. Um, Solomon is not as close with God as David was, but that doesn't mean he's done something wrong. Um, Solomon, you know, says all these wonderful things about God, and God is pleased that instead of asking for all, you know, all kinds of different things that he could have, he's, God is going to give Solomon those other things: long life, riches, wives, apparently, maybe. Um, but also, he's going to give what. Solomon asked for, and what he asked for is wisdom um, so that um, he can govern God's people, not his own people. Solomon doesn't take ownership over the people like some rulers do, but he wants to govern them well, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil, Um, because he realizes that the task before him is daunting, 
and he's young, and that makes it even more difficult. And so he asks for wisdom, um, and God is happy at this. And God, you know, may not, um, you know, visit Solomon as much, but if anything, Solomon's rule is kind of like a plateau. Um, all of what David has accomplished and acquired for Israel, they basically keep. It's a time of great prosperity. And there's little hints um, that something maybe isn't wrong, but that something's missing. Um, and I say this because, you know, my, my opinion of Solomon has been a little bit less than stellar. And part of that is because he's the one who finally builds the temple. And the temple just happens to be a third of the size of the palace, of the royal palace. So God's, uh, you know, God doesn't ask to be, to have a house built for God. Um, God seems just happy in a tent down at Shiloh. Um, and that's where the, the priest would go on Yom Kippur and do the atoning rituals and all the other sacrifices, etc. Um, and then when it came, was brought into Bethlehem and Jerusalem, like, God's fine being in a tent. But something about people, you know, David had specifically, he brought this idea to God saying, let me build you a temple. And God says, no, you've got too much blood on your hands. So Solomon is the one that's left to, to build a temple. And it's, it's modest in size compared to the, the palace. Um, and other little things that suggest that Solomon might be a, a really good ruler, might be, but there's also certain flaws that just kind of seem to get, um, you know, you know, escape notice. And one of those is like when he builds his palace, which he builds around the same time as he builds the temple, um, he uses slave labor. Uh, he imports a bunch of stuff, so it's not like really stuff from Israel. It's from outside, and he you know, has to spend a lot of money to get it. Um, and so the wisdom might serve him well in governing his people, but not as much um, being God's um, representative on earth, I, uh, you know, in terms of international affairs, he seems very human. Um, but in terms of how he governs his own people, I mean, he's, you know, he's probably, he may be even better than David in terms of peace and prosperity that he brings to, uh, to Israel. Um, and so the, that, that's important because I mean, we all know the story about the, the two women who have a dispute over a child. And again, his wisdom, his gift, is uh, particularly well served when he is governing his own people, when he's maintaining order and justice. Um, and that um, brings us to the New Testament reading when Jesus um, is questioned as to whether or not he's trustworthy. And he says, well, even your own law says, which is also his law, but they're being polemic, so he's going to be polemic right back. He says, even your law, it's written that you know the, the testimony of two witnesses should be valid. Um, that you know you can't just take one person's word for it; you have to verify. And this will come into play later when he's put on trial on Jewish trial by the the Sanhedrin, um, and the council um, fails to produce even one witness that can corroborate what another witness is saying. And so it's you know it's foreshadowing this injustice that he will suffer. But also, it, it does carry with it um, through the, the, the reading about Solomon to um, Jesus' own time this importance of internal order 
and what the, the justice system and legal frameworks are supposed to do. And so often they fail us, um, and that is not just a failure of systems, but it's also a failure of people. Um, Solomon, uh, whether that's Solomon or the president or the prime minister or the king, like these are imperfect systems. Little, little things get through as well as sometimes big things. And the more unjust and unwise a, a system is or a person that runs the system, the more unjust and the you know the larger the things are that get through these these loopholes and these cracks in the in the you know in the framework. Um, and so uh, it's important to remember that you know systems and and nations are are created good. Um, they are are built uh, to be not perfect but to work to be good, um, but to be capable of less than good and when they're less than good it you know it's it's uh the burden is on us on all of the members of this society to stand up and do what what is right to restore um you know order and justice and peace and prosperity um and so uh the the readings uh you know remind me not just of like what it means to be a soldier but in terms of the military, uh, how it orders society, you know, lot, you know, it's really popular now in you know, military organizations and and stuff to th- talk about um, firefighters and first responders as well as being part of this, you know, fraternal, uh, you know, kind of family of people that help to maintain order, not enforce order, but to maintain it through not just example, but also, you know, good work um, by, by modeling what justice looks like, by um, making sure that people who are not just are brought to justice. Um, and so often we, we fail because systems um, are, are human. You know, the, the systems that we create for ourselves, for us here on earth, uh, they're corruptible. And it's important to not mistake the corruptibility of human institutions, including the church, um, with the uh, perfect and incorruptible, um, you know, system that God wants for us, um, and so it's uh, it's not just about soldiers and veterans, uh, or about the military or the Department of Defense, even if you know it's kind of the, the tail wagging the dog now, um, but we have our own place, and that place. Um, fits within a just society, a just society that includes um, other service people like firefighters and law enforcement officers um, that do not um, allow these, you know, the corruption of human fallibility uh, to take over these systems. A prayer for sound government from the Book of Common Prayer. O Lord, our Governor, bless the leaders of our land, that we may be a people at peace among ourselves and a blessing to other nations of the earth. Teach our people to rely on your strength and to accept their responsibilities to their fellow citizens, that they may elect trustworthy leaders and make wise decisions for the well-being of our society, that we may serve you faithfully in our generation and honor your holy name. For yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all.
Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.